This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. The front line for our democracy these days seems to be our elections, where extreme points of view have held increasing sway in the past few years. One of the best examples of this are the increasing number of extremist candidates who run for office each year, with the upcoming 2022 midterm elections being no exception. ADL's Center on Extremism is tracking these extremist candidates and has just released a major assessment of what they are tracking. My colleague, Carla Hill, is joining me on the show today to discuss this very important assessment. She's at ADL Center on Extremism and the lead author of the assessment. Welcome, Carla, to From the Front Lines. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Carla, tell us what, in a nutshell, the assessment is. What is it designed to show? Well, the assessment shares the results of our review of more than 100 candidates that we've been tracking and uh, that they have ties to extremist groups. They've promoted extremist views. They associate with extremists and or have promoted potentially dangerous conspiracy theories. ADL is a 501c3, which means that ADL takes no position on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for office. Explain how the assessment fits with this stance. Since its founding, ADL has reported on extremists seeking elected office. The purpose of our research is to educate the public on candidates' views and potential links to extremist groups. We're not taking any political position on the candidates, only raising awareness and sharing information so voters can make their own decisions. Let's get to the punchline. What what does the assessment show? How big a problem do we have with extremist candidates in this country? Well, keeping in mind that some of the candidates fall into more than one of these buckets, our assessment found that these candidates fall into four basic categories. First, there's at least a dozen candidates with explicit ties to extremist groups or movements. This includes white supremacists, members of the far-right Proud Boys, or anti-government extremists such as the Oath Keepers. Second, we found approximately two dozen candidates that have expressed admiration or appeared in public alongside extremists. This includes activities such as posing for photographs with extremists, sharing the stage with them, tweeting praise for them, that kind of thing. Third, we're also tracking approximately 45 candidates who have in some way lent credence to the QAnon conspiracy theory. This includes speaking at events organized by QAnon influencers, participating in podcasts by those influencers, or repeating variations of the QAnon conspiracy itself. And finally, we found that dozens of candidates have promoted a range of disproven conspiracy theories, including those related to the 2020 election, January 6th revisionism, the deep state, and the coronavirus epidemic. So you've given a lot of uh, important categories, but tell us real stories, some of the candidates that are most troubling, most concerning to you. I think the most concerning are obviously the extremist candidates, the ones that are actually members of groups or movements. Um, some examples in our report include Chester Doles, a long-standing white supremacist who attended Unite the Right with members of the Hammerskins. That's a racist skinhead crew. He's running as a candidate for the Lumpkin County Commissioner's uh, seat in Georgia. 
Um, of course, there's the self-described Oath Keepers, like Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers, who's running for re-election, and Michael Williams, who is a candidate for the Wyoming State Senate. Um, this is a group whose leader and others are currently facing seditious conspiracy charges in relation to the insurrection. Um, and finally, you know, proud boys like Daniel Tooth, who is running for state representative in Oregon. When we think about these candidates, their ties seem very extreme, and, and one could simply dismiss them by saying, well, they're not going to get elected. Uh, they're, they're, they're too extreme for that. But this isn't just theoretical, because in the, in the last election, we saw extremist candidates prevail. That's true. Uh, you know, some of these folks are on the fringe, um, and fringe candidates are a concern every year, but frankly... Support for such candidates demonstrates a continuing shift in what is considered normal and acceptable in political and social discourse. It, it's an extension of what we're seeing in the broader landscape of extremism, which is an expansion of mainstream acceptance of extreme beliefs and extreme ideologies. Yeah, actually, uh, I, in the report, you mentioned something called the Overton Window. Maybe walk us through what the Overton Window is. That's the shift we're seeing that when the uh, the window moves, um, you know, further from extreme into more accepted uh, um, views of a broader, broader extremist landscape, that's when it becomes problematic. So would you make the statement that we're in a kind of upswing moment in terms of extremist candidates where we're seeing more and more? Oh, I would say so. When individuals who sit in power positions of power, whether sitting politicians or candidates for political office, you know, when they embrace extremists and extremist candidates, when they express support for insurrectionists, when they promote conspiracy theories, especially ones that have been linked to violence, they're creating an environment that really animates extremists. This isn't the first year that, that ADL has done such a, an assessment of extremist candidates. What might this have looked like say, uh, uh, five years ago? Well, we would have had, you know, really just one bucket. You know, these these additional buckets of concern are, are big. When, you, when you're, we've always had a few extremists run for office, right? Um, but, but to have regular, so-called regular candidates voice an admiration for extremists, that's new. Um, having um, the QAnon is Conspiracy is obviously new. Um, and then when you have, uh, you know, candidates and, and sitting uh, politicians, you know, expressing and pushing a range of uh, disproven conspiracy theories, these are all new um, to the election cycle. And tell us a bit about ADL's connection to this. Why uh, is this so important? Why is ADL so deeply invested in this particular subject? ADL has been on the front lines of fighting extremism, and this is one form of it. This is part of a broader landscape we're seeing, and and it's important for everyone to understand that this is an extension of that. This particular issue is an extension of the problems that are part of this broader landscape. What does it mean to be fighting extremism? Maybe give us just a, a quick backgrounder on the Center on Extremism. What we do is we we try to shine the light on any kind of extremism, especially those that, you know, are hard to recognize. I think some of the most problematic extremist elements are those that go uh, unnoticed uh, when they aren't clear. 
you know, a swastika is a very clear sign of extremism, right? But when they use coded language or they um, couch things in a way that allows deniability, I suppose, is, is the it's when we really have to shine the light on these matters, and that's something that the ADL does consistently. Our staff has literally hundreds of years of experience in this work, and we are able to take all that information and do our own trend analysis. If uh, any of the listeners want to see the full report, which of course has uh, assessments of uh, all of these candidates, where can they read it? Uh, ADL.org and just... Uh, Check out the Center on Extremism's link, and you'll see the report at the top of the landing page. Okay, we only have uh, about a minute left, and I want to hear about you. How did you end up at the Center on Extremism investigating extremist candidates for uh, the 2022 midterm election? What what was your path? To make the story short is just to say uh, 16 years ago, I saw an ad in the newspaper and uh, asking for... Uh, people to research extremists and I turned to my husband and I said honey I'm gonna do this and uh, I was on hiatus from my other job because we had moved and really the rest is history ADL hired me in 2006 that's the same year the Center on Extremism was created and I have to say in my 16 years devoted to the evaluation of extremist groups and movements I have not previously seen uh, so many candidates openly supporting these varying forms of extremism. Uh, You're clearly the right person for this role, and and I thank you and ADL Center on Extremism for playing such an important uh, role to preserve our democracy. And thanks, of course, for being on today's show. Thanks, Scott. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is Fighting Hate for Good.